Hola, mi gente linda. Happy Thursday. This is my third podcast, giving you some really important headlines, but you're going to notice that today's podcast is a little bit different than the other two that I've done. Same thing with the newsletter. It's going to look a little bit different. That's because I thought I would try a different approach and dive deeper into some of the news that we've seen instead of just listing a bunch of headlines. This is only the third time that I do a podcast that matches the newsletter. So I am welcome to your ideas if you have some suggestions. The easiest way to find me is on Instagram at tono.latino or if you feel more comfortable via email, go ahead and send an email to hola hola at tonolatino.com. Today is April 22nd, which means it is Earth Day. So I wanna encourage you to check out a video that I did two years ago with 10 things any of us can do to help fight climate change. It is in my YouTube channel. The link is gonna be included in the show notes. The great thing is that I give you some suggestions that you can do all the way from being a kid to senior citizens, very expensive suggestions like installing solar panels in your house, or some options are even free. So remember, check out the show notes for the link. And once you're in YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Since we're already on this topic, I want to share some news related to Earth Day. There's been a virtual Earth Day summit held by the White House that included like 40 different nations. And President Biden announced today, Thursday, that the United States is committed to reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 50% of their 2005 levels by the year 2030. This is almost double the target set by the Obama administration in 2015. And yesterday, the European Union said it would reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 55% from their 1990 levels by 2030. The biggest news of the week is the trial of Derek Chauvin, the officer who killed George Floyd in May of last year. He was found guilty on all three counts. And I want to remind everybody that we need to be mindful about how we discuss this because there was no justice for George Floyd. This is not justice. This is accountability. This is a step in the right direction, but it is not justice for George Floyd. Maybe some of you could let Nancy Pelosi know she's the speaker in the House of Representatives who had the guts to thank George Floyd for his sacrifice for justice, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like I said, this is not justice. And let's take into account, this is just one case. We need some structural changes in policing and we need them now. And I'm gonna tell you in a little, in a little bit, I'm gonna tell you why we need that just last year. Now, seriously, now. If you follow me on Twitter, or Instagram, you might've seen the post that I did saying how I had this in immense mix of feelings because I was relieved when the verdict came out, finding him guilty on all three counts, but also it was really sad that I was so shocked that they had found him guilty on all three counts. 
CNN's Jake Tapper shared a screenshot of the information released by the Minneapolis Police Department the day after George Floyd died last year. And it said, I mean, according to them, a man died of a medical incident during a police interaction. If you read that, you wouldn't think anything else had happened. You'd be like, okay, the police got into an altercation with a man and he had a seizure, he had a heart attack or something happened. You never would have thought that one of those officers had knelt on the neck of said man for nearly 10 minutes. And that's why I also feel really heavy and sad with the fact that a girl, a 17-year-old girl, is the person that I guess we need to thank because she had the courage to pull out her phone and record this incident that the entire world saw. And I honestly believe that because of her video, that jury found Derek Chauvin guilty of second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. He can face up to 75 years in prison, but we're gonna have to wait for the sentencing, which is scheduled for two months from now. Now let's also remember, he was not alone. There were three other officers that day with him, and they are gonna face trial later this summer. Now, earlier I told you that we need some serious changes in police accountability, and let me tell you why. As I was researching to give you this, this content, I found some statistics and some figures that really upset me. Since George Floyd's death in May of 2020, more than 180 black people have been killed in the hands of the police. I told you about one of them last week, Dante Wright, a 20-year-old black man who was shot in a Minneapolis suburb, like 10 miles away from where the Derek Chauvin trial was happening. From 2013 to 2019, only 1% of killings by police have resulted in an officer being charged with a crime. And only 0.5% have resulted in a criminal conviction. Now, something else that I found extremely alarming was a chart that shows that while the use of force initially decreased after the killing of George Floyd, it eventually increased. If you want to see the chart, go ahead and look in the show notes. I'm going to include a link to the newsletter so you can see it. So I guess it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that Attorney General Merrick Garland announced this week that the Justice Department is going to launch an investigation into whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern of practice of unconstitutional, unlawful policing. Another chart that I wish you could see is from mappingpoliceviolence.org. And it shows you that there have only been three days in 2021 where police did not kill someone. At almost the same time as the Derek Chauvin verdict was read, 
Makia Bryant, a 16-year-old black girl in Ohio, called the police for help and was shot by a police officer outside her home. Now, Franklin County, the place where Bryant was killed, has one of the highest rates of fatal police shootings in the United States. If you ever want to check some of the sources of information, all of the links are in the newsletter. If you haven't signed up, go ahead to news.tonolatino.com. So what can we do about this issue with police abusing their power against civilians, especially people of color? The good news is that there is a plan to address this, and it's called the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. Some of the ideas in this bill include ending certain police techniques like chokeholds, improving police training, investing in community programs designed to improve policing, banning what are called no-knock warrants in federal drug cases. If you remember the case of Breonna Taylor, a woman who was killed in her home while she was sleeping, it happened during a no-knock warrant, ending qualified immunity. This is something that protects law enforcement officers from most civil lawsuits. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. Making it easier to prosecute police officers accused of misconduct. Requiring the use of body cameras and dashboard cameras. Creating a national police misconduct registry so that police officers who are fired for bad performance or God knows what from one district or agency cannot be hired by other agencies, which sounds completely logical, but that doesn't exist yet. Another example of what is included in the bill is limiting how much military-grade equipment is awarded to state and local law enforcement agencies. I personally believe that all those sound like great ideas. It's not revolutionary. It, they all make sense to me. Now, I would love to know what you think, so feel free to send me a direct message via Instagram at tono.latino. Here's the bad news. The George Floyd Justice and Police Act passed in the House in March, but Republicans have filibustered it in the Senate. Why? Primarily because of what I mentioned a second ago, ending qualified immunity, which protects law enforcement officers from most civil lawsuits. And this is what makes me feel like a broken record or like we say in Colombia, a wet parrot. I just say the same thing over and over and over every single week. Republicans in the Senate are blocking meaningful legislation, just like the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act or the For the People Act, which I have talked about before and is something that I absolutely love. It's a voting rights bill that would make it easier for people to vote. And because of that stupid rule of the filibuster that says that you have, that you need 60 votes to pass most bills in the Senate is that nothing gets done. If you're starting to get frustrated about the Senate, then you're with me and you want to do something about it. So I need you to check out the show notes because I have a link that's going to send you to a wonderful tool created by Demcast that helps you put pressure on your legislators to do the right thing. This week's podcast is once again sponsored by our own store, Tono Latino. And I have a present for you 
If you want to get 10% off, all you need to do is type the coupon code TONO podcast, T-O-N-O podcast, one whole word, and you will get 10% off everything in the store. If you've ever seen me wearing my bilingual hoodie or using my cafecito mug, I got them at my own store. The great thing about the store is also that you're not only supporting progressive media, but also 5% of every sale goes to the nonprofit organization of your choice. One of them happens to be Sunrise Movement, a youth movement to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process. So head to store.tonolatino.com and use Tono Podcast as your coupon for 10% off. Let me give you some of the other important headlines from this past week. The United States has administered 200 million coronavirus vaccine shots since Biden took office. More than half of all United States adults have received at least one shot, and more than 80% of people 65 and older have been partially or fully vaccinated. The next news that I want to share with you is extremely alarming. Republican lawmakers have introduced 81 anti-protest bills in 34 states, more than twice as many proposals as in any other year. Why? Maybe it's because of the protests that started after the killing of George Floyd. But even though the right wants to push the narrative that protesters are violent, the overwhelming majority of last summer's nationwide and worldwide Black Lives Matter protests were peaceful. According to the Washington Post, more than 96% of the protests involved no property damage or police injuries. And also, the study found that police officers or counter-protesters often instigated the violence. Let me give you some examples of these bills that are getting passed. In Oklahoma and Iowa, Republican legislators have granted immunity to drivers who strike and injure protesters with their car in public streets. You heard that right. In Indiana, they're trying to bar anyone convicted of unlawful assembly from state employment. In Minnesota, they're trying to prohibit those convicted of unlawful protesting from receiving student loans and unemployment benefits. Kentucky wants to make it a crime to insult or taunt a police officer. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis already signed an anti-riot bill into law that, among other things, grants civil immunity to people who decide to drive their cars into protesters who are blocking a road. In Virginia, the Norfolk Police Department fired an officer who donated to Kyle Rittenhouse's defense fund. That's after reporters made his donation and those of dozens of other serving police officers public knowledge. Kyle Rittenhouse, if you don't remember, it's okay. He is the white young man accused of shooting and killing protesters last year. Now, since publishing my newsletter last week, we've seen a number of shootings across the country. Last Thursday, eight people were killed in a shooting at a FedEx facility in Indianapolis. The ages of the victims ranges from 19 to 74. The gunman's mother went to the police on March 3rd of last year and told them that her son was having suicidal thoughts, 
potentially wanting to attempt suicide by cop. Now, if he had been involuntarily committed under a judge's orders, he would have been barred from possessing a firearm under federal law. However, that did not happen. Now we see what the consequences of that are. Sunday morning in Wisconsin, a gunman fatally shot three people and injured at least three others. In Austin, Texas, a former sheriff's office detective was arrested because he suspected of shooting and killing three people. Let's also keep in mind that the Texas House of Representatives just passed a bill to eliminate handgun permits, allowing people 21 and over to carry handguns without passing a safety course. And in Louisiana, a shooter injured six people at a 12-year-old's birthday party on Saturday. And then on Sunday, in another shooting, a gunman shot and injured five different people. I could keep going with the list of shootings, but it's too much. However, in the show notes, you can find a link to a website that keeps an archive. It is truly heartbreaking. And to finalize this section of news, if you cannot find a vaccine appointment, I'm kind of sad to tell you that all you have to do is look for the nearest Republican district by where you live. The least vaccinated U.S. counties have something in common. Trump voters. In fact, more than 40% of Republicans have consistently told pollsters that they're not planning to be vaccinated, but many of them want a fake vaccination card. That's going to do it for us this week. I want to give two listener shout outs. This week, I want to call out DHS Tokyo, aka Tokyo Sand. She and I met yesterday to have a discussion regarding voting rights. I recorded it, it's going to come out in video pretty soon. She also publishes a great political blog called Political Charge to show you how you can be of use, how you can take charge of our democracy and help out with simple actions, like things very similar to what I talk about. That's why she and I get along so well. And the Life of Yesa has a very different kind of blog. It's all about travel, culture, and mindfulness through a Cuban-American lens. So check her out on Instagram at Life of Yesa, Y-E-S-S-A. Don't forget to check me out on Instagram at tono.latino. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your thoughts on this new format for the newsletter and the podcast. If you don't receive the newsletter yet, but you want to do that, go ahead to news.tonolatino.com. If you're in my email list, you're going to be notified of upcoming things that I am planning and announcing that I'm working on. So again, news.tonolatino.com is where you can subscribe. Don't forget to use your coupon Tono Podcast in my store, which you can find at store.tonolatino.com. Like Rachel Maddow says, that's going to do it for us this week. Stay tuned for happy news coming to your inbox, only inbox on Monday. And I'll see you again here next Thursday. Cuídense mucho. Un abrazo.